nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing Good evening and welcome to uh, San Antonio FC Group Therapy uh, on uh, SA Soccer Roundtable. Uh, I'll be your host, uh, not the chief uh, chief therapist. I think that's going to be Royce and, and Rafa here uh, for that here. But uh, Royce, nice to have you back after a couple of weeks. How are you feeling? What's up, guys? Uh, much better, although the storm has decided to knock internet out and it's been kind of a weird evening, but... Uh, that's kind of to be expected, right? It's the uh, first half of 2021, and it's a stormy yeah. season so far, so it would fit. There you go. There you go. Rafa, uh, what's up? Still got the beard? Still got the beard. <laughs> Hopefully it'll come out soon. It has to. It has to. That already, it's getting too hot for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... So we're going to start out uh, going over uh, the Athenians. Uh, you know, they had another successful weekend, 4-0, uh, win over uh, backcountry. Amanda Smith, two goals. Uh, Jade Piper and Ashley Cathro um, also um, was able to uh, uh, get the uh, third and fourth goal uh, from there here. Uh, looking at the standings, uh, Lone Star Republics uh, in first place with 24 points, 8 no. Uh, Thinian's also at 24 points, but they played one more game. Um, and then side FC 92 and, uh, Austin elite are battling for that last playoff spot. Um, so this weekend's the last one, um, Lone Star Republic plays at, uh, uh, Fort Worth and then travel, uh, and then plays at home to side FC. Uh, the Athenians, uh, make the trek up to, uh, FC Austin and Round Rock. So if you have the opportunity to go up. Uh, please go up and support the Athenians and also FC Austin Elite. And Side FC plays uh, two away matches, one against Wilco, uh, which they play at Round Rock, and then uh, at Lone Star uh, for that here. So still a lot to play for. Uh, you know, for the ladies here, the Athenians, uh, you know, are playing for playoff position. Um, we don't have, as of yet, the details of, you know, when the playoffs or where the playoffs will be. Um, but, uh, of course, uh, uh, SA Soccer Roundtable will uh, try to make the matches if we can, and also we'll definitely be giving some coverage uh, to the ladies there. Um, who, if you attended this last week's uh, tailgate, uh, one of the bright spots here, uh, they were out there at the uh, at the um, uh, tailgate with the Crocketeers and Two Ten Alliance. Um, so that was a lot of fun. If you had the opportunity to go out, as well as with Mission City um, out there as well here. Um, we'll start out with the tailgate, you know, cause with the Thinians, uh, anything, um, exciting that you saw from the tailgate there, Rafa, you know, you know, there was uh, quite a few bold fans that came down with the being a Copa Tejas. 
uh, La Cinco, uh, you know, the sports group, uh, you know, from the bold, uh, you know, and they had a pretty good turnout. La Cinco uh, Doce. Yeah. La Cinco Doce. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, it turned out very well, um, uh, for that here. So I was excited to see that. Uh, but, uh, turning to the heartbreaking news or, uh, Oh, I want to do the standings here. Um, as everybody's probably aware of, uh, San Antonio did end up losing. Uh, so looking at the Copa Teos standings, uh, RGV with their win over El Paso remains in first place, although they've got eight, uh, six, uh, six games played, uh, uh, with two, two, and two, um, El Paso and Austin Bold both with uh, six points, but only three games have played. So you know they're in a lot better position than than RGV is. So the standings uh, don't really give uh, full weight. And even San Antonio FC, uh, which uh, still are winless uh, in Copa Teos with two draws, two uh, losses, um, only uh, there should be two points here, not three points. Uh, should be, uh, you know, uh, for that here. So they're still not technically out of it, but they've got some work to do. Uh, looking at the standings uh, in the mountain, RGV is in first place uh, with 20 points, 11 games played. El Paso, the switchbacks who SAFC plays uh, in Colorado Springs at a one o'clock kickoff um, on the 24th, I believe, because uh, it's not this weekend. Um, for that here. And then Austin Bold with their win over us uh, jumped uh, New Mexico United. So they're in fourth and we're sitting uh, in sixth place, uh, you know, with 12 points for that here. Just a quick look out, out to the Pacific uh, rising. Uh, <clears throat> 22 points first place, uh, San Diego Loyal. Um, this has to give uh, San Antonio fans some comfort. They started out 0-4. Uh, they've got on a run here recently. They're now second in their division, you know, 12 games played at 18 points. Orange County and LA Galaxy, you know, uh, kind of do it. I think the team that uh, is, is struggling, you know, out, out in the Pacific like San Antonio is Sacramento, which is 2-2 two, two, and five losses with a negative four goal differential. So, um, and over in the Central, Birmingham, Louisville, Tulsa, Indy, uh, Oklahoma City has also rebounded from a poor start. And then Tampa, Pittsburgh, Hartford, and, Sh and Charlotte Independents are there. The, the fighting Billy Forbes, Miami FC is, uh, you know, uh, one point out as well here. So that kind of gets us kind of caught up at this point here. So, you know, we'll start with you, uh, Royce, here on your initial thoughts on Saturday's game. Well, sorry, I'm trying to play dad here at the same time because my kid uh, just knows exactly how to hurt himself. No, it's 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 good. We, we can talk. Um, no, um, I mean Saturday was just was it a well played game on either side? No, um, but San Antonio was by far the best team on the pitch. They created the most chances. They looked the more dangerous team. Austin sat back a lot. They just wanted to clog things up. They always had two or three guys on Jose whenever Jose would go dribble forward. And that was their main thing was to just eliminate Jose dribbling and eliminate Patino and Dylan making runs. And by nullifying those two things, um, that, that was kind of their that, – that was their number one key. Did they do that well? 
no. The only thing they did well was they t- they tackled uh, Jose off the ball. But um, honestly, Dylan should have had a hat trick. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. You know, uh, Patino should have had a goal. Ball didn't go in the net. Um, Austin got the ball on a broken play, put it in the net from zone 14 once again. Oh, that was terrible. Don't do that again. Um, yeah, I was testing it out. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, that's it. Austin got a half chance, took it, took it well. Uh, San Antonio, even when Austin went a man down, couldn't take advantage. That's it. That was pretty much the game right there. Here's where I'll counter with you, where you said, and I agree with the the first 15, 20 minutes, San Antonio had a lot of chances, but, and we'll get to this in the second half, when they were up a man, I didn't think San Antonio was going to score. I sat back there just, you know, on how how the bold, the bold, and you knew they were going to park the bus, you know, down a man, up a goal. You're 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 going to absolutely do what they did. There's no fault in what they, you know, what they did. But I had zero confidence that San Antonio was scoring. Um, and, and part of that, I think, is confidence, and, and that goes back to what you were saying with uh, Dylan. You know, where he had two, three point blank shots, and yeah, whatever, very high percentage shots that they just for whatever didn't get, reason. They didn't, you know, luck wasn't on his side. Goalie was in the right spot. And, you know, we're here uh, crying over beer. Rafa, your thoughts? Uh, I know you and I kind of said, I think you're you're going to be a little bit more uh, uh, downer than Royce, uh, I believe. I mean, I, I agree with what Royce was saying as far as the, the game. But there's little things I do want to point out as far as tactic-wise. Um, basically, Austin Bulls coach outclass out, out and outcoach Serrano. And, and completely disagree. <laughs> I, well, but go ahead, go ahead, finish, finish. But, we'll get there. Remember, it's about it's about wins and losses. And if you're at you're, you're at the winning end of the score, you got outcoached. You know that's what matters. Like when you come to coaching, you either you win or you're gonna lose. See, so, you know, okay. and he and I think. There's some little things that need to be fixed. And, and, you know, I know you mentioned about Gallegos. You know, they did, you know, like I said, he was getting double team and so forth. There were plays that I would see him. He just didn't know who to give the ball to. Like the play just stopped right there or there was no option. One of the things I even told Harry, I told Harry during the game I was frustrated with is we had no, on the first half, no left winger. No one was out there on the left wing to at least receive a ball. So if Jose couldn't move forward, you know, or back to the right and say, hey, well, let me swing it out to the left, whoever's open there, that way maybe they can send a cross in. That wasn't there. And what was the end result? He he turns over the ball. And I think he had double-digit turnovers in in the whole game, and that that killed us. The same thing goes with Epps. Epps, same thing, had the ball, went as far as he could, and then like, okay, uh, I can't go this way. Uh, but we don't have anybody on the other side, so we can't pass the ball. And so they end up losing it, try to dribble to through two to three guys. That's not gonna that's not gonna cut it. And but also, like I said, our forwards have to finish. Yeah, especially like I said, Dylan should have had a hat trick. Those are easy scores. Uh I could have put those in the net. 
you know, being a forward. Let's not go that forward. They are professional athletes. I was going to so. say, I'm, you, I'm, you, I'm, I'm good at headers. I'm, I'm not saying you couldn't do it, but I, I'm not, you know, that's if like I me saying I can go run a 5K tomorrow. Could I? Right. Yes. But, you know, really. If I score four headers in a game, he could have done at least one. But, you know, just kind of like, you know, it's, I don't know, you have to build. An, what I'm not happy about is the, the forward play is they've become too predictable. They have to create opportunities and space. And that's something that I preach a lot, especially the kids that I've coached in the past. One of the things that I really focus on is that in order for you to get good opportunities to score or create chances is you have to learn how to play without the ball and create space. You know, even if you receive the ball on the outside, you're going to pull a couple people away and that's going to open up you know, your teammates to have shots and so forth. And we really haven't really seen that. We're just kind of force feeding the ball in the middle, middle. And I think even that Danielle mentioned on, on a tweet, you know, we're just, we're kicking the ball over everyone's head and we're, we've, we're losing it every time. I, I, I like to see it kind of work it up a little bit and then let the, you know, do maybe a quick, you know, through, you know, wall pass, you know, one, two connection or overlap. You know, I think we can hurt teams like that and we can score goals like that because we have the players for it, but we haven't been creative, you know, doing those. And that's something that needs to be fixed. And if it's not fixed, you know, one goal, I think what one goal is not going to, you know, not score. I think one goal in the last few games, it's not going to cut it. And especially if we're going to try to make that run into the playoffs because we need to be at least averaging two to three goals a game. I have a question here for you, and this is what Rafa, you know, kind of was telling me during the, during the game. There is, and even from the start, is instead of having Nathan play out um, on the wide side, you put Jose back, you know, on was it uh, the uh, what was it the left side, uh, four there here or the right side, you know, if you switch him and Epps, but you put Nathan in the middle because, um, you know, where we were sitting there, you know, in one fourteen, Nathan. The two forwards, Jose, were all basically in front of the goal, and and like I said, you could look from you know from the edge of the goal line all the way down the pitch, and there were nobody there. And, and I understand sometimes you know you shift with the, you know, shift with that there, but and, and I think that's the frustration with, with, with the team here mm -hmm. is, yeah, you get it over to one side, but if everybody's in the middle, guess what? All the defense is in the middle as well. Uh, your thoughts on maybe having Nathan maybe play more center? Um, you know, basing on how the lineup was and putting Jose more on the outside, or, or do you prefer Jose in, in the middle? Because um, he is I, a playmaker. I, yeah, I, I I prefer Jose on the outside, and here's the reason why: he, he it gives them more opportunities, uh, especially one v one opportunities to beat the guy on the ball, and then send either take a shot or send, or send a cross in. Kind of what you saw in the in the in the Monarchs game. When he was on the outside, he did a lot of damage on the outside. But when he's in the inside, he's he's just got too much traffic in there, and he's he kind of overthinks things. And when he should be giving up the pass, that's when the play gets gets killed. So I think Nathan's more accustomed playing in the middle because I think he does like to feed the ball, and I think that's where he's more comfortable. Because we ever saw every time we saw him play, the, during last game, he was always in the middle where he should have been on the outside to be that release pass 
for Gallegos, and that and that was not occurring. So I think that's something they need to look into if they are going to go with that lineup again. Is keep Nathan in the middle, have you know Epps and and and, and Gallegos on the outside. If you want to flip flop them, hey, go ahead. You know, just kind of change it up. But keep Nathan. I think he's more effective in the middle. Plus, he can sneak in, especially if one of our forwards comes out to the flag to receive a pass. He's another four that can go in there, and head the ball in, or get or get a shot. They're on top of you know top of the eighteen or in, within the six. So that's something maybe. Hopefully, if you know, I know there were some girl, you know, was about the you know uh, you know going up into this game against Caretaro. This is a time to experiment. You know, you can care less about winning or losing this game. Go ahead and try that out. See if it works. And if it comes out to say, hey, you know what? We are kind of penetrating. We're getting plays. We're getting shots. That's something we can get ready for the you know the game against the switchbacks on the on the fifteenth. So let me let me address pretty much everything you said, and you are correct on that. But y- that exact tactical twist is by design, and that's exactly how it's supposed to work. Is it supposed to put more guys in the middle? Now, whenever you start Jose in the middle. Yeah, for real, Aaron. Nobody get hurt, please, in these next two matches. I'm not even sure why we're really doing them, but please, nobody <laughs> That's get hurt. That's a whole separate discussion. <laughs> all, 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 all we need is more injuries. Uh, the, the number one thing that I'm going to say, and I'll say it until the season ends or until we finally have a healthy lineup, in the 2021 season, San Antonio, Alamarcina, San Antonio FC, has not had a fully fit roster. Stupid. As one. Nope. Stupid. All right. Now, let's go with uh, starting Jose in the middle, Nathan out wide, and Gleedle as the left back, and and mainly Nathan on the left side, which is very important in this. What that does is whenever Jose goes forward, you lose somebody in the middle as a, as a defensive presence. Nathan comes in, he is that defensive presence when you are in possession to help out Lindley because Lindley has been overrun when he was a single midfielder. That was That's what happened in New Mexico. Now, now the left side is completely empty. What happens on the left side then? Galito comes up and he takes that space. So that is a tactical twist that is very much on purpose by Alan Marcina because also in the back you have Varela, you have uh, or you have Doyle, you have Varela, and then next to Varela is um, uh, Matthew Deplane, who's not going mm-hmm. anywhere. Matthew Deplane is not he's not going to go he's, up. He's staying. He's going to stay three, back. So you basically have a three back. So in that instance, you have a three, four, three in possession. And then out of possession, it comes back to a four, four, two. That's by design. And it, it worked really well because Austin didn't have any dangerous chances in that match. They had a broken chance that they turned into a goal by a really good play, but they didn't get any clear big chances according to the well, we, soccer, we, soccer stats. Well, but one thing we do need, we want to see more, and that's the thing that you mentioned about Gliddle. You know, you can you can even ask Harry. We didn't see much of our outside defenders really get into the attack. Ball Are side. you serious? Are you really like like really the whole point of bringing up your defender? Gliddle made so many runs on the left to cross the ball, and I think he crossed the ball more than anybody in anybody in the entire match. Gliddle I only saw maybe forward. about three or four. But there was times that there was so much space. There was so much space that he wasn't really going. I guess more had to do because he was 
concerned about Ormar's speed. But then the thing is, when I mentioned Harry, he did make an adjustment on that, and Omar was pretty much, you know, taken care of. He didn't. It was not a factor after that. No. You know, so I I give kudos, you know, kudos for that that adjustment he made. But there were times that, because like, if he would really kind of push up a little bit, you know, when he he's got to recognize, okay, look, he's got the ball in that. I see the space. I need to go up there right away and let that defender okay make a decision. Do I go inside or pin him in? Guy goes in. Or do I stay outside? If I go in, guess what? I'm going to get the ball and to be able to send a lot more crosses in. And, and like I said, they did well as far as the shape and so forth. But, the, you know, defending when one of the outside defenders do go up and attack. But I like to see a little bit more, kind of more of the runs. Like, you know, if you ever see Marcelo play, do a little bit more of that. And if, I you, think, can, if you can see the screen, mm-hmm. Gladel's yeah. average position. And, and, and I, know, I know it's not 100%, don't get me wrong. But his average positions, it you know, more in the middle of the pitch, and, right. and I think that's that's the issue that that we're running into is. So so also you have to remember that he went back there to receive the ball. He was and back they were there a lot. Back and so too. so yeah. he was back there a lot on set pieces. You got to remember that on uh, and corner kicks. He is in the middle along mm-hmm. with a match to plane. So they're right there in the middle. Those are the two guys on defensive duty uh, for corner kick so you got to remember that there was quite a few corners at the same time he came back to get the ball and he ran it forward to cross it and he was playing one uh one twos with uh nathan until nathan got taken out but this is this right here we have dylan correct jose and patino so that's that's the issue and that's what makes this look so open is these three right here and i understand i understand what he's trying to do he's trying to overload the middle to create space but the thing is defenses are recognizing that and they're and they're able to it's becoming predictable so when especially if they go to a zone defense they can defend it so if i'm if i'm as far as a, my attacking tactic how do i fix that how do i say okay you know what i need to create what other options do i have out there to free up and that's the thing we need to free up our forwards or is our forwards not doing to get freed up to create those plays. So, so, so I can explain <laughs> once again, I can explain what's going on there. A frustrating thing. I will agree with Rafa is that consistently Nathan, or I'm not, I'm sorry, not Nathan, Justin Dillon and Santi Patino make the exact same run. They mirror each other and they make the same run. That's never going to get it. This is why, as a slight change, well, you know what, Roth, uh, Harry, you're going to ask what slight change would you like to see? Uh, we'll go into it there. But they make similar runs. They make mirrored runs to occupy the center backs. The reason that Jose's in the middle right there and the reason that um, uh, I, I, I forgot what the other number was. It was Jose and somebody else in the middle along with the other two. Epps. The reason Nathan. they're there. I'm sorry? Nathan Epps. or Epps? It was not Nathan. Nathan's back. Epps is out wide. There's somebody else in the middle. Anyway. Lindley. So you got no, Lindley. No, no. Lind- Lind- Nathan. There, there's four There's four guys between uh, the Austin Bold center backs for average position. It's, yeah, it's it's Epps, Patino, okay, so Jose, Epps. and Dylan. Well, the reason Epps and Jose are there is that they're trying to get the ball. They're trying to make that run beneath um the strikers 
So the strikers go up, they get the ball beneath, and they consistently did that. And they both, Ollie Wright was also there a lot. And Ollie got two clear chances that he, if he puts them on the net, those are goals. But mm-hmm. he kicked one um, into the bar section above above the bar section on the little walkway over there. And another one he kicked uh, well wide. If he puts those on the frame, those are probably goals, which they were making the similar run where Patino and Dylan went up. They occupied the center backs. There was nobody on the penalty spot. The ball came back to the penalty spot, then hit the damn net. You got to hit the net. I know for me, and you know, I'm not a soccer tactician like, like you guys here. There was one play in the first half. Nathan and I want to say Dylan did the same exact run, but yep. five to seven yards space between them. Yep. You know, where they were, you know, on our side here on 114, uh, which was the left side right here. Yeah, on, on the yep. left side. And both of them, you know, it dude, it was it was it was it was amazing on how they both ran that same run. Yeah. And, and you could tell Which, it's coaching. Exactly. You can tell it's coaching it, when it comes to correct, that. Correct. Because somebody is supposed to be in the middle to take the ball and finish the damn thing. Never happened. And that's that was a problem um, on Saturday. Was well, what I like to, what I like to see more as far as the runs is the one adjustment. It's not to be predictable as far as the two forwards running the same thing is one running a diagonal to the flag and also to receive the ball, to receive the ball. uh, Yeah. To receive the ball for him to either cross it back to either Dylan or Pertinio, where he receives it or up top on the 18. One, two, where it come wide. Yeah. Yeah. We have one, someone like Gallegos or Epps back on the 18 for a shot there. Mm. That's, that's what I want to see a little bit more. You know, that I think that will help things improve. And, and that way it will keep us, one of the, especially the thing on the dribble, if that four pulls that, that defender out towards the flag, guess what? There's a space right there in that gap that, that you know, Gallegos or Epps can take in and take a shot from outside or, right. or, or even Nathan. So I think one of, like I said, that's the key, I think, to the next one I want to see, especially against the Queretaro, is can they make that one, that one sacrifice himself for the play, you could say we're still going to have someone there for the cross, you know, whether Dylan or Patino, but we'll still have numbers to still get in inside the box to play back up top to the key or send that cross. We get one in the near post and we got someone back in the back post. That's one I want to, I want to see tomorrow night. And if they can do that, now we can build something up and then maybe that frustration and now the things that clear up and keep other teams from, from us being predictable on our runs, and now it's like, okay, now we have to, their defense have to make adjustments, and then maybe that will help free up a lot of our guys to get, you know, more opportunities to score. But that's the thing goes back to they have to put the ball in the back of the net when they have that, a chance. That, that's what it's going to come to. So, so two, th- two things right there. I agree with you. I also disagree with you. Uh, I agree with you, and the thing that I've been saying for the last few games is what I want to see instead of Dylan and Patino starting. I want to see. Uh, a pairing of Patino and Nathan up top because they work together really well in the beginning of the season. Sub them out later in the game if it's not working. Put in Dylan and Ollie Wright at the same positions because they've worked well and they have a pretty good understanding of each other. And then that um, that four four block you have, you know, just keep that a low lying block. If you need to get those wingers involved in the attack, get them in the attack to get some crosses in, but. 
That's what I want to see. Number two, exactly what what you what you if it frustrated you that Dylan and Patino made the same runs, but they also created a lot of chances making the same runs. They just didn't get put away. The one that just blares in my head is the, Patin- <laughs> it, yes, Patino and Dylan make the exact same mirrored run on each side. Patino goes in for a near post run. Both center backs suck into where Patino's going on the near post. It comes all the way over far to the back post. It's one on one. Dylan with the keeper. The keeper slightly out of position. If he if he puts that either back across the goal to the far post or if he puts that close to the near post, it's a goal because the keeper's not there to protect the near post and he completely flubs it and almost puts it in the stands. So and, and I think if they score that goal, it's a different game. It'd it's a completely one, different game. It'd be 1-1, but you built confidence And up. you have confidence. The ball goes in the net. And I think, the stadium, I think the stadium yep. gets more energy because yeah. it was a good crowd. It was. But you could tell it was an antsy crowd wait, yes. waiting for something to happen. It, so It was a powder keg ready to blow like the fireworks. That's a stupid joke, but that's what it was. There was a lot of energy. That It was, a, it was an electric atmosphere. Yes, it was a little over six thousand people, but it was an electric atmosphere waiting to just waiting to ignite, and it rained on you know no goals rain on the parade. So I've got one more question on the bold, and you know a bold for that here, and then we'll kind of you know go into where we're at a third of the way in. Leo Torres, he finally got to me some some productive minutes, uh, you know for that you know uh, for that here where I thought he had a pretty good shift. Uh, your thoughts, Royce, on, on Leo subbing in, I think it was, what, the 76th minute for uh, Jose Gallegos? Uh, he needs more minutes. Um, obviously, he's 17, still a kid, but he needs more minutes to uh, to mature. Uh, he made some, his very first run. The first thing I thought was, yep, I can tell he's 17 because he blew <laughs> by everybody directly out of bounds. So that was just a, a, a youthful play where he just gets the ball goes on fire, goes past everybody, forgets to stop and cross the ball. But he also made some really good runs. He made some smart passes, a a couple to guys that were waiting there at the edge of the box where he would come on the outside, go by defenders, kick it back, go right where it needs to be. And once again, guys just didn't put it on frame. Uh, But I thought he looked good. Uh, I question taking Gallegos out uh, for Torres when he did because Gallegos was – you know, they're a uh, boulder down a man. You think, okay, you want your top attackers. But what that did was that brought fresh legs, and it was kind of smart by Marcina because that speed, we needed that speed, and he brought that speed. Once again, he produced chances. Those chances didn't get converted. Rafa, your thoughts on uh, Leo? Yeah, he still needs some work. I mean, he's a work in progress. <coughs> I mean, he's a project. I mean, it's, I mean he's 17. This is kind of like the same situation when Gallegos first started. But, you know, for me, Gallegos was just a little more ahead of him as far as more polished. But, you know, he does need the minutes. But my concern is, you know, when does he get the minutes? You know, especially right now with the record that we have, you know, unless we blow out a team, that's when you're going to see him or or we're waving the white flag and then we're going to see him there. But – you know, we, I, I think a lot of people had high hopes for him to see, 
you know, make a uh, difference. But to me, I think, you know, it was going to take some time for him to kind of get, get into that rotation. You know, that all depends on what he's doing in practice. My, my thing is, I think I would, he would probably would have been better off, you know, maybe loan out to a team to get more full-time play. With, with with COVID though, I mm, yeah, and, and I, I know yeah, that's that. not a factor right now though for for this year uh, really. Or, or, earlier in the season, it, it yeah, was early, yeah, I, I think I think I think if there wasn't a factor, that wasn't a factor. I think he probably would have been may end up like me like in North Texas. No, he won't go to North Texas because they're a two team. Yeah. No. Okay. Or or well, somewhere well, else. Well, go to Tucson or right. The, yeah, yeah, Omaha. You know, but yeah, Detroit City. They're Nisa. Shout out, uh, shout out Pato and shout out uh, Maxi. Maxi. Pato, yeah, shout out for him, uh, MVP of Nisa and yeah. Maxi. Uh, both Don't of them won the, the Nisa. Well, Detroit City won everything. So, you know, just, yeah. you know. Shout out to Todd, the owner. <laughs> Todd, yeah, there yeah. you go. Kaiser, not a boy. But, yeah, <sighs> this, this one, I want to see him, you know, get some minutes and also. And also well, here's another player that. Our, our, our local grown player is Ethan Bryant. Ethan Bryant, he's just been MIA. You know, boys. Uh, I said this before the season; he was going to struggle to get minutes, and that's what's happened. And what what shocks me on that is they they tried him out left back, right back. You know, I forget which which one. I think it was left it was back. Right, it was right, it was right it, back. It was right back. Right. They back, tried yeah. him out at right back. You know you know, in preseason and with all the injuries and everything that we have had here, he still hasn't been able to get time. Yeah. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the question mark. And I really wonder what happened there uh, because that you lack, I mean, that's your depth on as a, either a wing back or that's your depth as a right back. I, I, and I that's, don't know that's where we're going to come up to as far as yeah. uh, I've got four. I got four things that I want to kind of talk about as far as, you know, since we're about a third of the way in the season, because it's 32 games, we've completed 11. Uh, at this point, uh, San Antonio is at two, six and three, which the only time they've had a worse record was the uh, very first year in 2016, where they were two, four and five at 10 points. Um, 2019, um, you, you know, pals last year, they were three, three, five, which they also had 12 points, uh, you know, for that here. So start of the year with the expectations, um, I can tell you, obviously you see social media, you know, uh, you know, fans are not thrilled what we'll say. Um, and Rafa can, you know, can confirm this. I got up about the 85th minute because I was so frustrated and I was like, we're not scoring. And I'm like, let me go to the top and, you know, if AJ can go potty if he needs to. And, you know, I just, I just, I was like, I had to get up because it, it was just, I was getting angrier and angrier. Um, but I was standing at the top and you'd hear people walking by, you know, saying this is the worst that they've looked. And, and I don't think, I think perception and what they're doing on the field isn't, you know, I think that's kind of clouding people's judgments because I think people see the talent and the expectations. And obviously San Antonio is not matching that, but it's just, it's just a hair off. It's a step off, you know, as, as I like to say, where, you know, where they've been unlucky, you know, 
you know, held New Mexico put out, you know, a, a, um, you know, the, you know, medical report, nobody's on the damn list. It's completely empty. And then we had what, six people, including the backup goalkeeper. So it's, you know, you can, you know, sometimes it's luck and, and, you know, you know, we can kind of, we're going to go into, you know, you know, to me what I think, uh, you know, these are my four, uh, quote unquote excuses, uh, for it here. And, and we'll kind of go down and, and break them down here. So how does the goalie get hurt? The backup goalie get hurt. Yeah. How does the backup goalie get hurt? That's how shitty this season has been as far as luck is concerned. Those are weight trainers. Dude, I tell That's you what, bad. when Matt got when Matt got plowed over, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, no, I, I immediately turned to you guys, and I was like, y'all ready for an academy keeper to come into this thing? Because I think that's what's going to happen. But luckily, up, Matt Cardoni is a, for that. Matt, Matt Cardoni is a damn hockey player in a, in a hockey jersey or in a soccer jersey, and that, that dude's a freaking beast. So shout out to Matt Cardoni for being a dude, an absolute dude. See, that, that was when he, when I saw the hit, I was like, "Oh, dude, he's done." So, number one, uh, you know, the injuries or the excuses that you hear most likely is is injuries, and, and I know we've talked about it all season long. Real quick, real, 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 real quick. That's not an excuse, dude. <laughs> it's a reality. That's not an excuse. An excuse is well, you oh, can my... say reason, excuse, oh, what whatever you want to call it. it. It's yeah, it's it's a reality. To me, it's the number one factor. Here, factor of our record here. That's better than that's fair. That's fair. It's a factor. The number one factor um, is injuries. And like I said here, you know, it's it's up and down the lineup. You know, I don't know what more we can talk about it. It's you know, it's you know, Maloney's never played uh, yet a game this you know this season outside of a half at you know against RGV. Which why did he play a half? By the way, your captain last season, Connor Maloney. Yes. Think about that. Um, number two, player movement. And by player movement, I'm talking about the players that they brought in during the season. I think some of them have been home runs. Varela, I, th I think, is, is, has been outstanding. <sighs> And I don't want to sound like this is through here, but uh, Perusa, I kind of question it. If, if we're saying, hey, we, you know, we're kind of at max at 25, 20, you know, they're now at 27, but they're academy. But the max was 25. Going and getting that other forward to me, especially on loan. Um, and, and like I said, here, we got to see if he comes back, especially Toronto had a coaching change and, and stuff uh, after getting blown out, uh, you know, for that here. To me, I, you know, I would have rather, I, you know, I would rather they would have went and found some sort of fullback, uh, you know, to, for that here. So to me, player movement, I think, is, is a big question for here. So Rafa Royce, uh, either one of you think that that is a valid factor? Well, go ahead, Rafa. I, th I think with Peruza, remember Dylan was out and we didn't know when Dylan was going to come back. So that was the reason why they signed him, and I think it was—it's good to have that. depth, anyways. There, and I and you—you you do need four good forwards because remember last year we had four good forwards. We had the the three Argentine, the Tinians, and and, and Pirano, you know. So here's and where that, I'm going to push back on both of you, and I'm going to use Royce's words. You're going to have Nathan, 
and you're going to have Patino because they're a good fit. Then you're going to have uh, Dylan, which mm -hmm. they had to know that he was coming back. It was just, it's just a question of when. It was a muscle injury. And like I've said, you don't know when those things are going to heal. Yeah, that, that's that, that, you know, yeah, you can never predict those, especially if it's a pull, pull muscle. Especially if it's a hamstring. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. That yeah. thing, so then bomb. what's the excuse with Maloney? Because to me, Maloney's a bigger – to me, Maloney, is, a fullback is a harder position, as we've seen, to be able to fill yeah. than a forward. Yeah. Well, that's where we need a question about that. If you know, you know, bring in – And that's why know, I said I know, like Cruz. You know, this is not you know, him personally. But the thing is, you know, we, we signed too many midfielders um, – there's some midfielders on the bench. Yeah. They're not even playing at all. So I, I was agree. like, oh, especially there's a couple of one of them that's on loan that's here. It's like, well, is he going to play or if why do we have him here? Say, say yeah, go, go with me here. Go, go with me here on thought and how things kind of kind of unraveled with the with the <laughs> roster. And you say, yeah, we signed a complete buttload of 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 uh, of midfielders. You're absolutely right. I mean. I probably couldn't even count them on my hands just thinking about it. But the main thing that we that we're talking about is outside wing back slash fullback depth. Now let's go through our depth and what has happened to those players. And I'll show you just how many players we have as depth that just hasn't turned out. So obviously the starters in a in a perfect world would be Maloney and Gleedal. Those are your two. Those are your two mm -hmm. Ironmen, if you will. Uh, Maloney's been hurt the whole season. He's out. Okay, that's fine. Now, you would prefer to have PC in the middle as a midfielder, but, hey, in a pinch, he can play left back perfectly well, and he did so really well. Uh, created a couple goals this season. He's hurt. He's been hurt for most of the season. So there's PC and Maloney right there. Darn. Okay. Then who do you have as a backup? Then the the preferred backup is, oh, we could just uh, – luckily, Sam Gleedle is a goddamn Swiss Army knife. So he can go out wide and he can play wherever the hell he, he can go on the right side if he needs to. Cool. Do we have somebody that can play left back? We have Chris Lima, who's all freaking league as a central midfielder. He could also play left back or left winger really well. Cool. What happened to him? Oh, he's been hurt the last couple games. Shit. So now what do you have? Okay. Uh, in, a pinch, too. in a pinch, we have Deplane. Deplane is a center back. He's kind of an older center back, but he can play out wide, but don't expect him to get forward too much. Cool. He, can, he can't play as a wing back like Marcina probably would prefer to play in that 3-4-3. Three, three. You can't play that anymore. Your hand is forced, and you have to play a 4-4-2. That's fine. You can put the plane back there. The plane's been hurt for a few games. Okay, so what happens then? Well, you got to put Doyle as a left back, and you have Gleedle as a right back and try to have Gleedle attack. That didn't really work too well. Oh, what if that goes wrong and uh, Gleedle gets hurt? Oh, then you have to put Lindley out wide, and you have to put Cuello as That's how this season has gone. None of that is scenario. All of that has happened. I just went through six or seven layers of, oh, what if this guy gets hurt? What do we do? That is how this season has gone. And for Marcina, Kamiri, to, Kamiri too. Yeah, yeah, and that, that, yeah, and that, that's fullback being here. I'm just talking about and, outside and wing depth. Too. I'm just talking about outside wing depth. I'm not talking about the injuries to to our uh, center backs. I'm not talking about injuries to our forwards because Dylan was hurt most of the season. That's how this season has gone. 
that is what I will say. I, that is what I will tell anybody that wants to say hashtag Marcina out, which is garbage. Marcina has managed this team so well that we have that many injuries and we have that many backup plans and we still create the most, the second most chances out of any team in our division. We should be either in second place or on top of this division running away. It just hasn't gone that way because of injuries and we can't put a goddamn ball in the net. It's not Marcina's fault guys. It's not. So number three is Marcina, which, you, you know, obviously Royce has already staked his claim on, on that one here as, as the president of the Marcina fan club. But I love Marcina. And I, I, president and CEO. Calm down. <laughs> I, I am. I'm not quite there, but I do think his seat's going to get warmer. And, and part of that is. Is because he was part of the pals pal system and, and the fans at that time, I think were wanting. He was no, he, uh, real quick. Well, Marcina was brought in in 2019 to right. sit on that assistant coach's chair for Tim Holt. For yeah, mm -hmm. to tell, hey, that guy's your replacement. Show us some results. That that's why Marcina. That's why you say Marcina was a was a pal general. He was part he, on. A, he was he, part of that staff. I I, I, I okay. know what you're saying. I, okay. I know what you're saying, and, and I'm not disagreeing with the hire. But Rafa, Rafa, you can agree with me on this. When you're an assistant coach, it is not your vision. You do your damnedest to implement the vision of the head coach. It nothing is yours. It's the head coach's ideas that get implemented. Correct. Yeah, well, yeah, because you're basically like I said, yeah. I've been an assistant varsity coach, and I'm basically the his 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 other set of eyes. Correct. But now working relationship, if he allows you to have some influence, and then in my case, and we know we did. In, in my case, we? yes, <laughs> we do know he did. I know for a fact that he did. Okay. With, like I said, and I'll, I'll give you an example. Like in my case, when I was in, like I said, in Del Rio with, you know, coach, my head coach was George Wedding, and he, he basically entrusted me a lot with the with the tap with the training, uh, you know, getting them with the practices and right. so on and so forth. But right. I was his eyes. But if I needed, if I saw something that needed to be changed during the game, I was empowered to that. So it's, it's it's all gonna depend on the staff. If the head coach is flexible, right. if he's more okay, I'm if he says something, okay, I'll let him change it. Or if he's gonna be a total authoritarian and just like it's my way or the highway. So I know, like I said, it's it's staffs are gonna be. It's gonna and it be, varies. You know, it's a, it I'll, I'll give you that it varies, but it normally doesn't happen in the very yeah. first season. An assistant coach is brought on. They're they're just but, the, but this is something we also months. brought up to last year. I know with you know we talked about it. Not even Scott, Scott talked about it too. You know when we're looking for a new head coach, there were some really good prospects that we could have brought yep. in, there especially uh, Connor. Connor yeah. and Russell brought... out of uh, Reno yeah. was yeah was uh, rumored. You know, there, there I, were I, names I don't disagree. There. I'm not you know, talking. What if? What if? I, what I'm if, not going if, back to the hiring if, process yeah, before right, 2020. Right. I'm just I'm just but, saying it. What if? What if they did bring those in? Would things be different? You know, if there was injuries, we'd probably be in the same situation, you know? So, yeah. but the thing is, I think the fans are, are like, okay, you know, they feel like, well, 
We brought him back because he won the championship in 2014. 2014. Yeah, 2014 with the Scorpions. Maybe we're going to get the deja vu again, which for me, well, I wasn't, it, it was, it wasn't confident just that. about that. It wasn't then, just me, that. No, it, yeah. it, it was also what he had done with the Menace and how well the Menace had played. Let's not talk about Raya OKC, but, but it was about Ryo, what he, he did was with okay the until yeah. with the Des Moines. But the, Ryo, but the Ryo situation is more the ownership. They they stunk right. it up. Correct, correct. I mean the the owner took half half the field turf so they couldn't play a game. Like <laughs> that's not on Marcina. Although that team was really good, and it was because the players they had, they just the, it was just it was volatile. That 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 whole organization was doomed to fail because there was no organization. Yeah. Uh, but real quick, let's all go back to 2020. Let's go back to last season and let's talk about the two huge differences between the 2020 team and the 2021 San Antonio FC team. Well, I guess three differences because well, we're going to get to that because I think that's my number four. Okay. Go okay. ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. No, you go ahead and introduce just, it. Just real quick. The number one thing is obviously results. San Antonio FC had much better results last season. Compared but we to, were in I a mean, weaker division. We're in, okay. We're in a weaker division, but we're also putting the ball in the net. In the net, yes. Stoliniak finished. Dorenzo finished. Nacho Bailone from freaking half field finished. That's the big thing. That that's the huge difference. The third big difference: injuries. How many injuries did we have last season? Well, the one that really knocked us out of the playoffs was. Uh, Her Haraval really kind of changed yeah. things. Yeah, that's correct. That was we, the big injury. Yep, that was the big injury and, there, and we never replaced that. Correct. And and how did we change our tactics in this past off season to absolve that? We got a shit ton of midfielders, and that's that's how we that's how we, that's how we're justifying that, which is fine because you don't know how many injuries you're going to have. There could be one injury that can change your entire season. Do I have to go through the whole thing again where PC's hurt, where Maloney's hurt? You got to change that. No, that whole how, layers. How that we're going to how we're going to stop that the Marcina out okay. at this point is American soccer analysts. Uh, if you go to, you know, uh, you know, if you go to their website, americasocceranalyst.com, uh, put it through here. They and it's more analytics. This is more Royce's, you know, cup of tea uh, for it here. They ran the eleven games here. Um, the home X points and the way X points is the key is the key factors because that's if they play this game a thousand times, based on on how it was played. SAFC typically would have won six, lost four. Couple of surprises in there that, that you wouldn't normally think, you know, based on the results and stuff like that. So this goes into Royce's main point that it's not Marcina. It's it, it's not. It's and it's it's not the formation, it's um, you know, it's it's conversion, it's, it's chances it's converting, taking. it's being unlucky, and it's being you know, and, and that's really what it is. SAFC has been kind of snake bitten. The RGV, you know, got a freaking bike right at the death to win it. That doesn't, you know, Talk, that to draw probably it. wasn't even a win, that was a draw to draw. Know, but took away the three points yeah. from us, but took away three points from us. And that's why yeah. I say it feels like a loss. Yeah. Um, Fair. I bet you that guy couldn't, you know, well, he's, he's very good, but I, uh, if he did it a hundred times, I bet you he's not going to convert in, in a match in that same situation. 
Yeah, he finishes that maybe five times out of a hundred. Exactly. Yeah, that is such a low percentage chance. And he, I mean, to his credit, he took a well and he put it in the net. Now, real quick, according to stats and according to the law of averages and what quote unquote has should have happened according to the numbers, which I'm a numbers person, we should have 19 points. Where does 19 points put us in the table? Right now, second, you know, it'd probably you'd that be up near the first. top because RGB first. RGB has 18, yeah. Yeah. but they would be lower because we should have won one or two of those games against RGB. So we should be number one in the division. Everybody's happy. Everybody's sitting pretty, but we don't convert those chances. We have all the injuries in the damn world. Things are different, but have hope. We're only a third through the season. We have another two thirds left. Rumor has it that. Connor Maloney and PC are very close to returning, which would be huge. And if that does happen and we get hot in the last half of the season, I'm not even saying we're going to get it together and, you know, in the next couple games, but if we go into the second half of the season hot and we find our form and we finally go into the playoffs hot SAFC has never gone to the playoffs. The three times we've gone to the playoffs, we've never gone into this into the postseason hot. The last time a San Antonio soccer team has gone into the postseason hot, they won the whole damn thing in 2014. And who was the coach? Who was the coach? That would be Mr. Marcina. Thank you. And, and, and to me, like said here, I, I know I posted this sign to see who is out there, you know, asking for a friend because I do think we're, I think that discussion is, has has no. more weight now. Um, I, I get it. I, I, I get I, it. But if, I don't if, if believe you don't, if you don't pay attention to what has happened to the team and you don't pay attention to the stats and the numbers, the results look like shit. They don't look good and people are going to talk. And I get that. I get that. But and honestly, all that matters is is winning. That's all that matters. Well, That's all. Here's, people here's, 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 Nobody here's, cares another, you do. here's another point I want to make. And this is something yeah. I, I think Harry discussed before the show. Yep. You know, Harry looked at other teams. You know, we all, we, something with our, with something with San Antonio FC, we always change players every year, like a big bulk of players. Mm -hmm. Fair. This is my number four. And that, and that, and I guess I'm just bringing that in is when is, when is the front office going to realize if you're going to build a championship team, you need to keep at least eight to nine to 10. You need a core core yeah. player because I, I i think i think i can give some leeway to marcina because basically he was starting over because we lost all our forwards we have brand yeah. new forwards but we had and, a little same situation last year because they weren't scoring in the beginning until they started getting hot right i will they, say they real quick hot. real quick three of those guys left on their own volition, and I'm sure they were offered contracts back. Bailone's playing in Slovenia because he got offered a shit ton of money. Uh, uh, Dorenzo uh, had actually had a foot injury that he's still recovering from that he had surgery back in Argentina. And Solniak went by himself to Chile to go play and then came back to El Paso. Go into El Paso. Yeah, for who knows. So, yeah. But he, so to me, my number four is it's time for. Spurs Sports and Entertainment to get a uh, scouting director or a GM. Um, and and well, to me, you, you mean you mean uh, we have a GM? I who? think what you mean, who? Tim Holt. Holt. Tim Holt's a GM. 
You sure? What, yes. What I th- what I think you mean is, um, God dang. Tim it. Holt uh, runs the organization. A, a director, Tim uh, Holt runs the entire soccer organization. Okay. He is the VP. He is the director of of San Antonio soccer. Right. So he to me he's he's up there. To okay. me, we, and I, and I know right now how the makeup has been. It's been Tim Holt, Pal, Tim Holt, Marcina, right? But to me, I, I think in order to be able to, and it may be just be an organization directive. You know, right. that may be how the Spurs want to run this. But well, the, well, the Spurs do have a GM. <laughs> well, on the basketball, yeah. it's a little bit different basketball. But I think Correct. I think if you're gonna if you're gonna take this team, if you really because they're investing the money, they are investing the money. If you go to what is it the transfer market? You know, I know I mispronounced that. Transfer market. Yeah. According to them, San Antonio has the highest, you know, average value. You know, yeah. Value. So that tells me they're paying money. You know, they're, they're paying. They're paying people to come here. Yep. The talent's coming here. Yep. The issue is being able to keep it on a year-to-year basis. And and Correct. this is just last year. And we, and, and you know, you can't really do 2019 to 2020 because it was a changing coach. Correct. We know there was a split locker room. We've heard that from from players oh, yeah. directly at that time. Oh yeah. San Antonio kept eight players. Doyle was one, played one game. Bryant came back real late. Torres, Mercado, you know, two young guys. So four starters they kept. PC, Cardoni, Maloney, and Jose. Two captains out of there, though. Two two captains. But this is... Okay. (laughs) Okay. And I'm not discounting you. Rising kept nine. So you're saying, okay, hey, eight eight to nine? Not a big deal. But it's Dadishvall, Kalistri. Moore, Asante, Lamba, yeah. Lambert, Darnell King, former San Antonio Lambert, FC, yeah. Farrell, Lubin, Asante. El Paso yeah. kept 13. Rowdy's yeah. brought back their entire starting 11. They brought back 15. San Diego Loyal brought back 11. Um, New Mexico United, they also were kind of a little bit thin. Sandoval, Bruce, Marino, Guzman, Tenari, Sam Hamilton, Yearwood, Schmidt, Suggs, Ryden. Lou City brought back 16. So if you're talking about teams that are that are showing that you know, from year in to year out, that shows you you get that core. And San Antonio FC throughout their what this is year six has you know has never really had a solid core that they bring back. Now we were trying to go through you know teams that have been helped or players that have been brought back multiple years. Obviously Rafa, obviously Cardona, um, uh, Cochran. Cesar, um, Cesar Guzman was what two years, three years, mm-hmm. or that. So the problem is, is I think they Tur- need to turn bring over. back. They're, yeah. they're having too much turnover, and I understand part yeah. of it's the youth. They want to they want to try to highlight the youth, right? But US USL Championship, and, and I think this is where you're seeing here. You know, outside of a team like Pittsburgh Riverhounds that, you know, they've got a Hall of Fame coach and Bob Lilly that he right. has a system. Lily the players know yeah. comes in for that here, which, you know, I love Marcina, but he's not a Hall of Fame coach like Bob Lilly is. Not yet. Not yet. And he's like, he's like 41. <laughs> not yet. Come on. But to me, that's my, that's my fourth reason. And I think it's outside of the injuries. I think that's the biggest reason because you're not, you're not, and you're not able to earlier. establish that culture. You're, you're not able yeah. to establish that culture. 100. No, I. 
I 100% agree with that. And that's a thing that kind of baffled me kind of the entire See, that's, a big that's a big mistake on their part yeah. because I'm, and I'm going to be straight with you. When I first started coaching club soccer with club America. And then to when I got to the end, five of those club America kids that started with U 10 stayed with me all the way to U 18. Yeah. But those five were my core players that I yep. depended on. Yep. And, and they were the heart of the team, even though I added new pieces those they were just complementing that core. And I think yep. that's what San Antonio FC needs to do is build up a core of players and retain them and yep. then add some little pieces here and there to complement that core. And you will see, and then eventually the results of then I know with the injuries and stuff, still I think having a core, you know, I had one year, you know, having one year, I had my top goalkeeper. He's like, he was six, three, he was out for pretty much three quarters of our season. But my backup keeper that I brought, he was my former starter from my other team. I trusted in him, and he did a hell of a job. But that's that's what the core players bring you is this, is the confidence. You don't have to yeah. or like, uh-huh, if I put him, I'm going to hope he does well. Having those core players, you know, is going to make your team a lot better and also go through the through the challenges of the injuries and so forth. I think that's what they need to start doing from here on out. I yeah. bet you if this, if the, you know, we're going through this growing, this pain right now with the injuries. If we keep this team together for next year, we will be the dominant team. We will challenge Phoenix. Yeah. And we will challenge Tampa. We will challenge Louisville. I yeah. mean, if we can beat Birmingham, who's on top of the group with that group right there, even when we're not even, we're shorthanded. If yeah. we can keep this core for the next year, we're going to, you know, we can win yeah. the championship, but they I need 100% to do that. Agree. You, but you got to bring back players. You got to mm -hmm. set that culture. And that's a big, that's a big thing. And what really gave me hope whenever they signed Marcina was his big thing. When he came in was culture. We got to yeah. establish a winning culture. How do you establish a culture? You bring back the same players to keep that alive to get that, to intersperse that with the other players. You have to set that. In order to set that, you got to have players that come back. Did we have players that came back? Yes. Are they core players? Absolutely. Were there enough of them? Maybe no. not. Were most of, are most of them hurt? Yes. And that's kind of the big issue right there. But like I said, there are three big forwards, our three main goal scorers last season did not, well, actually four main goal scorers last season did not come back and it's not it's not sent it's not Spurs Sports Entertainment's fault. And like I said, that was Dorenzo foot injury. He had surgery, still recovering. Bailone got a pretty big contract in Slovenia. He's playing over there. Uh Solniak went to Chile and Pirano uh went on a free to uh PDF. But were they, but they, were I'm not they even gonna try for, to pronounce that team. Here. Here's the thing were they signed for just one year? That's a good question. Well, that's, well obviously I mean, that, they are. For walking, that's yeah. what it sounds like. Yeah. We need to stop doing this one-year contract crap. Start offering Something multi, yeah. They need to do two to three year. Yeah. That's what they need, really need to do because that way you build that culture. It allows Marcina to build that culture, but also have some consistency on there. And then, yeah, yeah you know, eventually, we're like I said, if the, if the opportunities there, yeah, they're going to sell maybe like Jose – but out of that, you still have the culture, so you can add a piece that can well replace that, or you yeah. bring up another youngster from the academy that's going to replace that. That yep. needs to be established by sports, 
by the by the GM, by the, you know, by the upper manager because they're not doing that. The one year contract's not going to help. You know, you're just hitting the restart button every year, every year, and I think that's why everyone's getting frustrated. Let's just keep a core group, sign them for two year contracts to three, like the other teams, and we'll see. And let's see who can win the championship within two, with that second or third year. Yeah. And then that's James, what needs to be done. James Hope brings up an interesting point that uh, maybe the players don't want a multi year deal. And if but they don't want, we get somebody else. But here, here's where I kind of question that. Is it that they don't want one here because it seems like they're signing multi-year deals in Phoenix and, and in other places, Tampa, you know, they are signing multi-year deals. It's just a question of, of how, but to me, there's one, there's two aspects, which both of you um, didn't hit on, which I think is just as pivotal to this discussion that we're having. If you have a GM or a scouting director that's in charge of player movement, the Marcina out, isn't as high because they, p the perception is it's Marcina that's bringing in the players right now. This is Marcina's team. This is what he wants. This, this is what it is. If you have that buffer between Holt and 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 Marcina, most, there's some. But, but most people aren't going to know that. That's they the will. Thing. I mean, I, look at look at Arsenal. I mean, this is a top world team in Arsenal. Arsene Wenger got all the blame, even though it was ownership that would not bring in the players that he wanted, and they brought in other players. And yet, Arsene Wenger was the one fired, and look at them now with Arteta, who is just kind of not not well, being that's great. That's when it but, comes into the coaches need to step up and say something. And if they're yeah. not gonna, if they're not going to bring in the players you want, then it's not. Then you need to get get the step in and go somewhere else. This is not the you know we're not in that if they're gonna give full confidence to Marcina to do that, and then you know bring in like a staff you know some people that's gonna help them build, you know because we don't have a technical direct uh, tech director to work director, on the, technical director we don't have that we don't have that and you need that and especially like when I, like I said growing you know working with Club America that was a hierarchy with you know with the manager of the of the, of the first team with the technical director helping helping all the practices. And then you had your scout team always going to find talent. And then that whatever was brought in, the coaches had the final say. You know, they'll look at, okay, I do like him. Let's sign him. Well, let's put him in the academy or so forth. You know, you have to have that hierarchy to help one another. And that alleviates too many, you know, for them, you know, for, for Marcina to do too much. And that way he can concentrate on what he needs to do as far as management of that team. Two things, two things real quick. Uh, number one, um, a big, if you remember the hiring process, when they were looking into a coach, a big mm -hmm. part of it was you were going to be head coach and you're going to be technical director. So that going into it, Spurs Force Entertainment established that it was a combined number two, like I said, and I'll tell it to you, we'll tell them blue in the face. If we want to bring up that XG graphic again, Marcina, even despite all the injuries has still put these players in the best position to score and to win, they just haven't converted yet. <sighs> they just they haven't converted. They should be six, four, and one, according to math. Right. Soccer's not played in math. I get that, <laughs> but but it's more than two wins. It, realistically, yeah. this team should have more than two wins. Yeah. You could you could argue a game, yeah. you know, game or two. Either well, direction. some of those tie, four of those ties should have been wins. 
Yeah. And they were against and they were against inferior teams. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't say that RGV is a talented team. So you know we've no, RGV been, has no, a good goalkeeper and a good coach. No, I'm talking about like Las Vegas. I'm talking about the switchbacks, and I'm talking about you know yeah. you got switchbacks are a good team. I don't yeah. know if you've been watching but, but them. Early, but they, early Haji on, Berry, what, 11 the goals. Haji yeah. Berry's connecting a lot better with that midfield. Yeah. They, they are doing what we are not doing and being able to convert. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's, that's it's, it, it's as simple as that. That's it. It's not I've even the red cards, it. Robert. It's not. It's, you know, it. I'm yeah, not going to say Patino's three games. Yeah, that was a little bit. You know, that hurt. That, that stung. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but as did Nathan's. Yeah. But it's to to me, if you look at the results, the depth is there, you know, like I said, I, you know, I would have rather them got a fullback than Peruza, but Peruza had a pivotal goal coming in. So, you know, he like paid you off. said, Dylan on paper, we have a lot of depth out wide. The problem is that depth has thinned out due to injury, and we are four deep in the outside back depth chart because Which, of injury. Then brings us up to this last subject here. <laughs> the two friendlies. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I understand playing one. Yep. Play yep. one. Yep. Two. Yep. So if you're playing two, you yep. better not be playing the starters a lot. There yep. better be a lot of rotation. Yeah. I know you want to put a good product on the pitch. Yep. But. <sighs> yep. Especially so, tomorrow's match. Tomorrow's match, the yeah, midfield at least we're not needs... playing Cruz Azul, so <laughs> they're playing one of the weaker teams of Liga Tom- MX. Tomorrow's match needs to... Ethan Bryant needs some needs some uh, Leo Torres. Leo needs some minutes. Ethan Bryant, Shandon Hopiow, those guys need some minutes for sure. Up top, Perusa needs some minutes to get connected with those guys. Well, he's been hurt. Uh, you're probably. Well, he wasn't. Well, he wasn't on the injury list, the last no, injury right. list, but he did not well, make the eighteen. Kimberly, he needs to get back in game shape because I know he's back. He was on the bench Saturday. I don't want the Terminator, to, dude. Put the Terminator in bubble wrap, dude. We need that guy. But I mean, I would put him in like a, give him some just some minutes just to kind of yeah. get his feet wet. That's fair. That's so fair. Rafa, you need to kind of set the table of uh, who SAFC is facing because you know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, who I I don't. You know, of, I'll look the at the standings of Liga <laughs> MX and go, hey, that's nice. Uh, Club America, you know, Pumas, which yeah, I guess we're playing, but they don't go by Pumas. Um, uh, UNL, UNL, something along those lines. Una, so una. University. <laughs> so, oh, it's una. oh, that's right. Yeah. T- uh, Tigres is it has the L and Pumas. Yeah, there's the a Universidad Autonoma. Uh, Tigres is Universidad Autonoma de Nuevo León. And then you know what's cool English, in English, please. It's, so it's the university <laughs> of what? It's a, uh, it's a university of the autonomy of New Leon. A, okay, a new, okay, a okay. new lion. New, gotcha. New lion. And then right. Puma. Nuevo Leon is, the, the, Leon is the, uh, the state, the province. Is it a state or a province in Mexico? It's the state. Nuevo okay. Leon. That's where Monter- Monterrey, yeah. Right, now, right, right. Pumas right. is the Universidad Nacional Autónoma de México, which is the university. Oh, university that's right. National. That's right. They're one of the 10,000 professional soccer teams in Mexico City. I forgot about. And uh, they, have a really good football, they have a good yeah. football team, too, so for college. Yeah. No, no, they had a, a – what's his name? Jonathan Gonzalez, who was supposed to be uh, American but turned his back on uh, our God-loved country. 
and decided to play for Mexico. So, yeah, that guy. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, who who else is in Mexico City? You got Pumas, you got Cruz Azul, you have Necaxa, America, you have Necaxa, you have um, not but Atlas. Necaxa might be moving Atlas out. Atlas is in Guadalajara, right? With, yeah, they uh, hate yeah with Chivas with the, with the goats. Yeah. So what? So tomorrow we're facing who? Uh, those those Los Blancos. I'm not even gonna pronounce it because I you know. Uh, Los Gallos yeah. Blancos de Querétaro. Yeah, so the white, the white, the, the white roosters. Any idea? I, I think you mentioned that they're one of the. They're, they're the like a middle. They're, they're like a middle of the table team, or or towards the bottom, depending on the season. I do remember that uh, one a former Man U player, um, what's his name Valencia, I think was playing with them a couple years. Antonio Valencia used to play, and Ronaldinho actually played for them too. Uh, Gaucho, <laughs> so he played for Querétaro. That was that was that was Rolandinho's uh, retirement tour. That's awesome. Yeah, it was yeah, his retirement that. tour for that for that season. That. But yeah. they're they're a decent team. But they actually have a really nice jersey. They're 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 striped jersey. So I don't know. If we're wearing white tomorrow. or We're gonna wear black. But uh, their kit they have like a kind of like a navy uh, blue and black kit with black shorts. Kind of the kind of look a little bit like um. Like in, like Inter Milan, but there's like a more aqua. Um, their makers, the Charlie Soccer brand. Uh, they finished 12th last year out of the out of the t- of the 18 teams. So 18, yeah. They're and like I said, they're they're kind of in the lower middle of the pack team. So it should be so an interesting like, game. So they're like the Houston Dynamo of the MLS, where they'll bring I, I like they one or two big or, name players, but they're kind of not great. Or you, yeah. Yeah, they're or the Austin FC. You, you can do that too, but no, yeah, the, not what names that they have. Uh, um, Guarado, who says just uh, looking, looking at their roster, Jonathan uh, uh, Dos Santos. They, they have Joe Gallardo. Like I said, they have him. Um, yeah, I know that name. They also Jonathan have Dos Santos. Yeah, but that's a, he's from Uruguay. Remember, uh, uh, so he's not going to be there because of. Uh, uh, no, Jonah, Jonah, Jonah. Oh, they got eliminated, right? That's right. We got to finish up on the. Oh, it, it's a part. different. It's a different Jonathan a different, Dos Santos. Yeah. No, Jonathan Los so, Santos went for Galaxy. So, yeah, the Dos Santos. Oh, okay. Well, is he still? <laughs> really? So there. Yeah. So there's the Dos Santos brothers. That's um. No, uh, this Giovanni is a, this, this one from Hawaii. And they're from Mexico. There's a different Dos Santos. Another yeah. Jonah Dos Santos. Yeah, Jonah and and, um, and That's Giovanni. Baffling. They're from. <laughs> they're half they're half Mexican and half Brazilian. Do they so, carry six goaltenders according to uh Fop Mob? Yeah. Uh, well we carry four now, so <laughs> two of them are academy. I think they need I uh if I'm FC SAFC, you better sign a third goalkeeper uh with some uh, experience. Um but it, it should be a good game, you know. It's it's like I said, the, these are games for them to get ready for because Liga MX starts, it starts in like, I think about two weeks. The twenty second, yeah. The, yeah, twenty second. So this is a game for them to get see what they have. Because like I said, I, I do see they have a lot of new signings on on the roster. Um, so that should be a good game. Um, and then Friday's game against uh, Pumas, uh, Unam. That should be a that's going to be a little tougher game for them. Um, like I said, Pumas has history. Hugo Sanchez has played for Pumas. Um, uh, it's one of 
the one of the new rivals goalkeepers, right? Yeah, what's one of the new rivals for Club America? Um, it's called uh, you know they're starting. That's like their third rivalry game between besides Chivas and um and also Cruz Azul. So that should be Salcedo plays for them. Yeah, they finished actually. Pumas had not had it. Didn't have a really good season. They finished fifteenth in the league. Because the previous one that they actually did, they made the Ligia, but this year they didn't. Um, just some notables: uh, goalkeeper Talavera, who's actually right now with the Mexican national team for the Gold Cup, so you're not getting to see him. Um, we do have an American, Sebastian Salcedo, is on there on the squad, formerly of uh, Real Monarchs and Real yeah. Salt Lake. Yeah, he's also yeah, in the. Uh... Is, is he still in discussion for the U.S. men's national team? I haven't listened to uh, Scuff's po- podcast here recently to see where I, he's at, but I don't think so. He's fell out of favor. Yeah. And then, like I said, you have yeah. other players um, like a Juan Ignacio Dinero. He's their, one of their star forwards. From, he's, from, he's from Argentina, so you can look out for him. Um, they got a couple of Argentinas, a couple of uh, Brazilians, but some mostly Mexican-dominated team. Uh, as far as homegrown players, but that should be a, that should be a fun game. Um, we'll see. So we'll see. Hopefully, how, what the turnout is. But uh, hopefully, I can make my sign for the Pumas game. Um, I have that one thing. Have you ever seen that little meme with a little boy crying when Pumas lost the championship, <laughs> and they're making fun of him? So hopefully, I can make that sign for that game for Friday night. So, what kind of what kind of environment? Sorry. I've never been to a Liga MX game, uh, you know, here at Toyota Field because AJ's been a little bit younger. But now that he'll be uh, 13, I'm gonna uh, educate him to international soccer now uh, for that here. So, thoughts on what it's like, uh, or, or how different will it be from a normal SAFC game day? Because from my understanding, it's 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 a completely different environment. There's a little faster pace, and then you're gonna see a lot of ball possession. A lot of Liga MX teams really rely on that but it's also going to be very physical and that's something they they, they talk about Liga Mac is it's a very physical league you know you they're not going to take you know give you like a little bump you know they're gonna let you know that they're there and you, they're going to try to intimidate you so so I know SAFC is going to going to play kind of buck up a little bit but hey it's a good experience playing some of these you know some teams that have had a lot of history, you know, being, you know, they've won championships and so forth, they've been in the Ligias, or they played in, you know, down in the South American Cups. So, you know, it's 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 going to be good for them. And the fans should have – they're going to have – they're going to see some exciting soccer. I'm going to tell you that. You know, just low Liga MX, you know, I know some people are trying to get, starting to get into it a little bit more. Um, like I said, I, I enjoy it because, like I said, it's a real fast-paced physical league. You know, like one one game I'm looking forward to is this Saturday's uh, Club America versus uh, Tigres game. Uh, so you have the former coach from America versus the new coach for the Solari, yeah. Solari versus Piojo. So that's that, that here. Piojo. That's at the Alamo Dome. Yeah, Alamo Dome. So that's, yeah, I, I I wish I could go to that. I don't think I'm going to be able to because it's my uh, it's my nephew's birthday party in Austin. But if for some reason I am able to go to that. I, 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 I want to just Austin go see FC, Austin FC match Royce. You can just admit to it, man. We're going to Chuck E. Cheese. Um, <laughs> I want to see, which I mean, that's kind of the same thing. And, uh, <laughs> but I want to see Piojo do Piojo things uh, on the sidelines <laughs> in the Alma Dome. I, oh, yeah, I don't, yeah. That would be amazing. 
Yeah, then you're going to see uh, – well, actually, Club America played last night against um, uh, who was uh, Santos over there in, in Rio Tinto. That yeah. game was pulled out. And you just saw basically – It was a different atmosphere, yeah. It was three-quarters of the stadium were all Club America fans. Yeah. So and, – and I'm surprised that you um, – that maybe San Antonio FC didn't schedule them. I think that's the game they need to schedule – and I think the really reason they didn't schedule it is because the stadium's too small. <laughs> well, they can move them over to the Al- they can play at the Alamo Dome, you know. The, that, mean, that would be awesome. I mean, don't that'd be kind of cool to see SAFC. See, the see what they, awesome. you know, honestly about you know, and when they talk about having these international games, I think what they should have done is played both games. You know, like the you know maybe instead of playing a second game, you know, against Guerrero or with the Pumas, but they should have had maybe like. SAFC versus Pumas in the first game at the Alamo Dome, and then an hour later, you watch the Club America Tigers game. Right. So you have two games for one. I but, think that really would have... Yeah, would have brought more have, people, but at the same time, you don't sell as many concessions. You don't sell as many tickets in general. You kind of shoot yourself well, in the foot. That would be cool for a fan standpoint, but for money... If they can, I mean, I I'm sure that. they can cut a deal that they get a percentage of it. You know if SAFC can get a little percentage of it. But right. to me, if you want to kind of bring, you know, show your, especially like the SAFC game, you want to show your product, you know, have them play the first game there at the Alamo right. Dome. And right. then they'll say, Hey, you know what? And then even have your marketing people, Hey, come out to our games and so forth. Here, here's right. some like, flyers and stuff. So you get, you get to see two great games and hopefully eventually, you build off the ones that normally watch Liga MX games that don't go to Toyota Field. Now it's like, hey, you know what? We have a local soccer team that we can go support. So right. that's how you can kind of build like a bigger yeah. fan base. Can cool. I whisper something that SAFC would have to do then? They'd have mm-hmm. to market to the south side of town, which they don't yeah. do. Yeah. Well, it was like which today. Is a tragedy. Like, yeah. Like, well, like, you know, I went today, I got my, my brand new Club America jersey. Um, you know, they're, they, most of the jerseys, jerseys down there that they have, they're the soccer factor in Fredericksburg or Liga, Liga Mackey's jerseys. You know, the majority yeah. of them, that's what they cater I mean, to. By, by far, the most popular league in, uh, in the United States. In the United States is. And, obviously, the most popular uh, soccer, well, no, the most popular yep. soccer league in San Antonio, not just the United States, but also San Antonio. Is Liga Mekis. I mean, that's that's simple. That that is a, a no brainer. And honestly, if San Antonio were to get a waiver from FIFA to get a Liga Mekis team in San Antonio, oh, that man. shit would be hotcakes. That that would every be game, every game would be a sellout. It would be a sellout at the damn Alamo Dome. Every, every game, it's sixty five thousand seats would get sold so easily. Every game would a be lot a sellout. A lot of a lot of Mexican expats would go. A lot of Mexican internationals would go. A lot of Americans would go. Just that would be the ticket, and people would go, and that would just that here, would be so much more popular. Here's than any another MLS thing team. about about this: a lot of those former Liga players that are retiring. They're yeah. actually moving to San Antonio. Yeah, like I'll, I'll give you one example. I got to meet Pared Borghetti from from Santos. Oh, nice. At, at uh. It was a couple of years ago, so I, I got to meet him and his family. It was like a little get together near where Anchor Bar is at, right? You know, and he was talking about bringing, you know, maybe a Santos Academy to San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, there was another rumor that 
uh, Rafa Marquez uh, was going to try to oh, move wow. over here to start mm. an Atlas Academy. Was that before yeah. or after his uh, FBI investigation? Anyway, <laughs> um, real quick. Then they have also what, 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 um, one thing that I do remember before, I think this is even before the Scorpions were a thing, was that uh, there was a, uh, I think it, I don't know what it benefited. I think it benefited Morgan's Wonderland because it was over there in uh, in the Star Soccer Complex, but they had the Trinity Boys Soccer Team play a bunch of former Mexican international stars. Mm -hmm. So I got to meet a, a lot of players that I grew up watching in the World Cup play, that played for mm -hmm. Mexico, like uh, El Matador, Luis Hernandez, Jorge Campos. I saw him play and watched him and shook his hand and got his autograph like and and a whole bunch of guys that i couldn't even list off right now but the presence of mexican soccer and the presence of soccer in general in san antonio it, it, it's boundless and if you market to the right people it's that sky's the limit there anyway I think so, we've overrun ourselves by time. Overrun, but we got we have to touch on it because we've touched on it the last few. Copa okay. America, Brazil is in the final. Uh, Argentina, Colombia tomorrow. Rafa, Argentina going to get the job done? Uh, I, th I think I think I think they squeak by. I think they squeak by in, but don't don't count out Colombia because yeah. they did have a good game against Brazil, they which they should have won. But they let that one go with the Casamito, and and that also the ref yep. kind of screwed up that first goal. But no way, Brazil, <laughs> Brazil got the benefit of the doubt on a really terrible yeah. call, which oh, should have been a dead ball. But um, that that's a good. That's gonna. I mean, you gotta have. I mean, Colombia had confidence beating Uruguay, which they have really two good yeah. forwards, was our Cavani and Suarez. Yeah. So if they can mark, if they can mark down on, you know. On Messi and kind of keep them limited from his touches, they have a well, shot to get to the well, final. Well, that's kind of the that's kind of the beauty of Argentina is you have Lautaro and you have um, whatever other Ford that Argentina is going to have because they have a million of them. They're going to be up top and Messi's going to be tucked in but in beneath. Mm -hmm. So Messi's still dangerous even if you mark those two. So you got to have at least three or four players dedicated to that little area around zone fourteen and zone eighteen seventeen. Because yeah. you got to have at least four players there if you're a Columbia. So it's going to be tough for them. Then their dangers is the, is, the, is the free kicks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Messi Magic is I just, mean, you cannot give them any free kicks on the 18, yeah. Messi Magic. But yeah. as far as the final, I, I, I just don't see Argentina beating Brazil. I think Brazil's got too much firepower. They, they're, they're just on it. You know, what? I think well, uh, Neymar, is Jesus Neymar, back from his uh, karate kick, or uh, did he get multiple? Yeah, games he'll be back for his from his karate he'll kick. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, like I said, if you notice, Neymar has he hadn't done it with PSG, but something with Brazil, he does bring yeah. up his game. So I'm I'm gonna get, it'll be a close game, but I think Brazil's gonna take the Copa America. The Euros. Kicks off uh, tomorrow quarterfinals. Uh, right, quarterfinals? Yeah, quarterfinals. Bre quarterfinals. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. It's not coming home. Yes, okay. it is. <laughs> Italy, Spain. The two hottest teams. Yeah. The two of the uh, three hottest teams. It's going to be Italy, and then Italy's going to take the whole thing. That, that's how it's going to go. Even though they lost uh, – I don't want to call him Spinderella. Um, God dang it. That For some reason, that's what came to mind. Spindrella, isn't that his name? Even though they lost him to an unfortunate Achilles injury, he was one of their best players. 
they're going to slot in. Um, uh, they're they're going to put back. Um, uh, I can think. I can look at his face. Uh, Verratti. Elini or Cellini or whatever. Uh, whatever. No, no. Verratti. They're going to put Verratti, Verratti back, and they're going to put um, starts with the B. God, I can see their faces. I just can't think of their names right now. Uh, the midfield is fine for Italy because they've had five guys that need that needed to start. And they can only play three at a time in that four three three. So, they're, Italy's fine. Italy's going to go all the way. Uh, Spain, Spain, their keeper has been suspect. Their back line has been suspect. Their their forwards have been suspect. Uh, they're just a suspect team. I don't think they can get it done. They just have been so inconsistent. Spain. I don't trust Spain's goalkeeper. <laughs> no, no, they've just been so inconsistent. Other side, Denmark, which is. Everyone's favorite, uh, except for mine. Uh, it, it's going to be it's, it's going to be Denmark and Italy in the final, and Italy's going to take it. That's how you think. You think they ride that emotion all the way through from Ericsson? It's not just emotion, dude. Uh, Ericsson, yes, they lost Ericsson, but what they gained by not having one central player is now they have Hoiberg and they have. Uh, I can't think of names right now. It's late. I need to go to sleep, but. It's instead of having that single pivot of Ericsson as their 10 to be the player creator, they have two guys there and they have spread across those um, zone. those responsibilities. And that's why they've been so damn successful is a team will go and press one guy. Well, you just left the whole that whole side open. And that's that's why they've been so successful. They've been great. That whole team has been great. Yes, I mean, I'm so happy Ericsson's healthy and he got the, defri- the automatic defibrillator installed. Uh, maybe he comes back, maybe he doesn't. The fact is he's alive. That's the most mm-hmm. important thing. But that team has been great, even though because they don't have one central guy that you can queue up. Rafa, your thoughts on England, Denmark? I think I think England finally chokes. I'd say I don't even think it's a choke. I think England has but they're not playing faced, at home. They're playing at home. They're playing at Wembley. They're yeah. Playing at Wembley. Uh, the they, historic think, stadium where they have choked the most. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I think you know they they don't. I think they got. I think they've got away with not playing really, not so many strong teams. I think Denmark has the That's benefit it. of you know, knocking it. out some strong teams. Um, so, so 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 real quick with England and Wembley, kind of this is this is what's going to happen. I'm going to be your soothsayer. Is something wrong is going to happen in that match? Kind of late. It's going to be kind of nullified. I don't think anybody scores early like the last game because uh, uh, Slovakia is just not a great team. But or no, I'm sorry, Ukraine is just not a great team. Um, it's going to be kind of nil nil, kind of going late because they're in England. The English fans are going to get super nervous. Something's going to go wrong. Either Raheem Sterling shoots one wide or Harry Kane heads one wide the crowd is going to get really angsty they're going to get very angry denmark is going to put one in and instead of getting the getting the energy up to try to get behind the team they start shitting on themselves and england end up losing one nothing that's that's my call i think you're wrong i think england wins convincingly i've only been watching england fail since like 96 so i'm not saying you're wrong but i'm saying I think this England team's a little bit different. Uh, okay. The makeup of it, and, and could they could they lose tomorrow? Sure, uh, they, like, they if, actually if listen in typical to English fashion. Yes, Gareth Southgate actually listened to English fans, and he brought 
um, uh, hometown. God dang, Aston Villa. Supposed uh, to Jack uh, Grealish. Yeah, Jack Grealish. They Grealish. actually brought yeah. him, and he's been really good for them late in games. So yeah, I mean, there could be something different to where they don't do the same thing over and over again. That they. To me, I think it'll done, be Italy, so. England, and then. I, 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 would, I would favor Italy uh, to, to win the title, but I think the one big factor is if, if Denmark can play the kind of the same way. Well, the one thing they need to look at is the game against when Scotland played England. Scotland frustrated yeah. the hell out of yep. England. That's what you have and, to do. And if they That's can take what I mean. If you if you frustrate that team and you frustrate that crowd, you and are that on crowd top. Was, that crowd was booing. And then, like I said, that's and that's and that's a rivalry right here. Here's where I think it gets a little bit different. They got over Germany, which England had not been able to get over Germany before, uh, at least in recent years. And I know this isn't the best German team. It, it, it's not. No. But to be able to finally get across that 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 lump and win convincingly 2-0, I think, I think that does. The other factor is nobody scored on England yet. We keep You guys keep talking about the offensive side. Nobody's been able to get past them at, at this point. Now, I'm not saying that they're, you know, Denmark can't score them or, or especially Italy can't score them because they can. But at this point, so far, nobody's been able to do it. So what you're saying is the first team that is going to score against them is going to eliminate them because it's going to get in their head. That's exactly what you're saying. <laughs> Thank they, you for proving my point. If, 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 Denmark, if, Denmark, if Denmark scores first, England's in trouble. Yeah. But if England's if England scores... Yeah, if England scores... Yeah, I can see, but I wouldn't count out. I wouldn't count out Denmark just yet because they've come oh, back. I'm not counting now. Breaking news! Breaking news! Teams. Breaking news! The team that scores first is probably going to win. <laughs> but like I said, but I if England that's scores, what, what, 70, 80 percent over in the Euro. I'm just the saying, if England scores first, that well, will not be. Game, really. They're going to feed off the. They'll feed off the crowd. <sighs> and that, I think that's what that's what England that's why England's been successful because they played all their games, minus the Germany and the Ukraine game, at home. Is yeah. when they score, they feed off the crowd. But when they yeah. don't score, especially with that Scotland game, they, they get, get nervous they and get they nervous. get negative energy. And that's yep. why I'm saying that's why I think if Scotland I mean, can get, I mean Denmark can get their first goal, that puts doubt in them. And I think that's one of the England's not the best coach either. We, we, I don't we'll even think they. I don't even think Denmark needs to score first. They just need to go late in the game, uh, zero zero or at a draw. Yeah. No. Uh, keeper yeah. wise, who has the better keeper? I, I think Peter Schmeichel. So, as an Everton fan, mm-hmm. Jordan Pickford has had some howlers, and he has been very suspect in this tournament. He's been a damn revelation. He's been great, and I'll back <laughs> him up every time. But. He is well known for having one or two moments of what in the hell was that? Mm-hmm. So, all right, final thoughts. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, so I think you guys are going with Italy. Uh, I think I'm uh, going to support Sam Doyle, uh, who I forgot. Sorry about that. And Glidle, uh, yeah, old Doyle, uh, Ollie, Ollie, uh, and, and you know, uh, I think they're going to bring it home. And, and like I said here, uh, I think it would be a great story. Um, if not, guys, it's not going to happen. <laughs> if not, I would love to see Denmark win it, just obviously for that uh, for it here. But I think I think Spain's the weakest team out of all four of these. Uh, I don't disagree. So, final thoughts. Uh, we'll go with you, Roy. So that way, uh, I'm sure uh, Mighty Max is uh, you know waiting patiently, uh, you know, for his dad. 
Yeah, Rex is. I, I can. Everybody, Rex. Pardon me. Yeah, you're good. Um, I guess my final thought is kind of the thing we've been echoing uh, at. So the stats are in, and the uh, well, I'll find that stat here in a little bit as so I can get it. But right now, um, it says uh, it took 51 days for Texas to get its po- its COVID positivity rate from 5.25 percent down to the low of 2.81 percent. We are that low. It has just taken 16 days, so just over two weeks, to go from 2.81 right back up to 5.25 because of the Delta variant. Get vaccinated. There is, yes, it's a slight wave, but it's still a wave of COVID coming in because of the Delta variant. And from, uh, I can't think of the timetable, but I think it's it's not this year, but it's within the last month, I believe, that 99.2% of, of all COVID deaths are from people, people that have not gotten their vaccine. Yep, I get vaccinated that today. For you, for your family, for your whole community, get vaccinated, people. It's, I mean, come on. It just, we're all in this together. Love and courage. Your thoughts, uh, final thoughts, Rafa? Uh, just final thoughts. Um, uh, just looking forward for this week. Uh, three games, <laughs> three, three solid, you know, three fun games. Well, especially this weekend, like I said, this <laughs> we're going to have, uh, I guess, Liga IMEC is really showcasing their league to San Antonio and hopefully maybe that'll open the eyes that said, maybe we do need a legal Yankees team here, you know, and because the fan base is here and, and hopefully for, like I said, like maybe for next year, if they want to build a fan base also for SAFC is maybe kind of market the games all together, you know, so that way they can showcase, you know, not only legal Yankees, but what we have as our product currently right now but you know if we can get a good fan base out for the this this week you know hey you know Liga MX might be like hey you know we do need to come to San Antonio there's a fan base here let's try to get a team here we'll find a way to get it through through CONCACAF about you know establishing the team but you know they find they find ways you know money talks you know I'm sure they've done it in the past if Precourt can do it I'm sure some people from Liga Mackeys can do it too as well. So, so, but I'm looking, like I said, I'm looking forward for this week's games and hopefully guys, you know, see you guys tomorrow for the Queretaro game and then the Friday game against Pumas. My final thoughts, uh, actually not soccer related. Uh, and I know we just celebrated the 4th of July, um, but, you know, San Antonio loves fireworks, especially around the 4th. There'll probably still be some more, uh, you know, fireworks that go off here. Um, but please be careful, because uh, unfortunately, you know, I believe it was the starting goaltender for uh, the Columbus it Blue Jackets. Was, it, it was the it was the backup. Oh, was a backup for, for the yeah. He was twenty four. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah uh, pretty much what happened with him is they had a firework malfunction. He was in a hot tub with a bunch of people, and he fell on the firework and it went off, and uh, he lost his life. He was only twenty four, professional goalkeeper. Just uh, it's tragic, man. Just be careful. And like I said here, they're fun, but. Um, uh, you know, not only that, but, you know, if you own animals, dogs, uh, you know, the loud popping. And then of course, uh, you know, if you have PTSD, if you've served, you know, you know, veteran, you know, along those lines here, just be careful. You know, I, I understand new year's 4th of July, you know, it's fun to go out and do it, doing it at two, three o'clock in the morning, just be courteous and, and, you know, you know, be responsible and, and along those lines here. 
uh, you know, for that here. So uh, just please be careful. I know that was the big story today with with the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, goalkeeper, and, and you know, you hear stories about what uh, JPP, the you know, the uh, it Jason was with the, Jason oh, Peter Paul with the, the Giants at the time. Uh, damaged his career by having a firework blow off in his hand. So um, if pro- if it can happen to a professional athlete, you yeah. know damn well it can happen. can to, happen to anybody. To, uh, yep. uh, so uh, just be careful. Uh, you know, if you are going to do fireworks, do it safe, but be courteous to neighbors. And especially if you know you've got veterans or, you know, uh, you know animals around you, uh, just be careful. And, and if you have uh, pets, bring them inside. So that way you, know, you can kind of give them a little bit more protection uh, from it here. But it was a long one. It was a little bit therapeutic. Uh, I think it probably surprised some people because I think most people thought we were going to be. We're okay. <laughs> well, we're I wouldn't say we're okay, split. but we're not hitting the panic button. Got, guys are getting healthy. We're only a third into the season. According to stats, we're much better than what we've put the results on. Now, things always even up in sports. We'll be much better in the second half of the season. We'll come back. We'll make a run. We'll make a fun playoff run. We're gonna laugh about this time. It's gonna be good. We're gonna have a good time. A couple, couple things. Couple things. Maybe uh, one. We need to take PC and Maloney to a curandero. Get them. Oh, that's no, 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 no. Everybody that is listening to this podcast, go buy three or four of the Virgin Mary candles at HEB right now and light them. We need well, that. Well, that, 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 that was going to be my number two is that, you know, get some candles and do the rosary that that way, um, Dylan and Patino start scoring some goals. <laughs> that was, that was my second, 100%. My second part. 100%. And, and then the, I guess this is something that we probably should discuss if everybody that's listening, if we can kind of put together uh, some money to see if we can get our naming rights uh, on, uh, the uh, formerly AT&T Center. Yeah. Uh, that, that seems to be a pretty popular uh, conversation of what it's going to be named next. And then you got to kind of wonder if that possibly has any uh, ties to uh, SAFC and Toyota Field. Maybe a little bit more sponsorship money going there if we can uh, do that here. But uh, La Michoacana Field. <laughs> Fred's French fries, uh, or pardon me, Fred's fish, fish, fish fry seems to be a, a popular uh for that here so what it's going to be and this has been my call since um at&t sold their stake to dell is it is uh, it's not going to be the dell center although it could be the dell center we can call it the laptop but i really think it's going to be the heb center and we're going to call it the pantry so there you go (sighs) well guys it was fun royce glad to have you back after a couple of weeks on the shelf for real, Rafa. I uh, hope you enjoyed uh, your your uh, first part of your vacation. I know you got to go back to work tomorrow and then uh, off and, until the end of July once the week comes around here. I uh, hope to see people out at Toyota Field tomorrow and Friday. Um, not sure about a show next week. I'm sure we may try to have one. Um, you know, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't put. I personally don't put a lot of weight into friendlies. Um, you know, they're fun, kind of fun to go to and discuss, but. You know, if they lose, you know, if they win three to nothing or lose three to nothing, doesn't matter uh, in the grand scheme of things other than, you know, hey, we, we won. Stay or healthy. Get <laughs> healthy. That's Rocker all that says they play physical. So that's it. But uh, uh, we're going to get on out of here. Uh, you know, thank you for everybody that's turned in. You know, Hector, Robert, James. Thanks, y'all. Uh, Aaron uh, and uh, the 
the SA Mexican uh, all uh, responded here uh, with the with the with the uh, messages here. Conversation, yeah. So I uh, do want to appreciate you guys coming in and tuning in. Uh, we'll get this uploaded either tonight or tomorrow. Uh, but hope everybody has a great uh, rest of the Fourth uh, of July week here. I guess since uh, t- you know yesterday was Fourth of July. Um, but what's life without goals? We're out. Night, y'all.